In the name of Jesus, amen. No day on the Christian liturgical calendar is as solemn as Ash Wednesday, except for Good Friday. The liturgical, liturgical color black certainly suggests ashes and mourning. The only thing missing is the sackcloth, rough clothing made from goat's hair. Together, these became the symbols of mourning. While we don't wear sackcloth, many of us do use the ashes to remind us of why we mourn over our sins. When the rite of the imposition of ashes is used, the officiant speaks these words which God spoke to Adam after he had sinned, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Unfortunately, our thought categories lead us astray. We rightly say that we should repent of our sins, but we lead ourselves astray into thinking that sins are just individual items on a checklist. We would deceive ourselves if we thought that on Ash Wednesday we need to catalog all of our individual sins and then formulate a program to improve. Like, yesterday I lied to the boss. I lusted after that person at work. I lost my temper with the children. I cheated on an exam at school. I slandered someone on social media and so on. Ash Wednesday should rightly smack us upside the head, which is probably why we place those ashes on our foreheads. What is happening today should cure us of the notion that God is merely interested in sins, sins plural. Sins plural are merely symptoms of a much worse condition the Bible calls sin. We commit sins because we are in sin. As David wrote in the psalm, in sin did my mother conceive me. We were born in sin. In the condition of death because of the sin of our first parents, Jesus likens it to a tree whose roots are deeply embedded and holding on to the wrong. The tree can bring forth fruits that are nourished by these roots. And those fruits, the Scriptures call sins. The roots draw in corruption and death. All mankind, without exception, is fatally infected. Because our thinking is corrupt, we look at our sins, and then we look at the sins of our neighbor and begin to think, I'm not so bad, just look at Charlie over there. He's much worse than I am. And what is more, we excuse sins if we think that certain ones aren't as bad as others. 
our culture has gotten has done a pretty good job of getting rid of many sins especially sexual sins we're so enlightened we don't condemn that sin anymore I can do what I want live and let die is really how we go about things these days we don't want to judge anyone's behavior or lifestyle for fear of being targeted as bigoted or intolerant and so we'll just agree to look the other way but this isn't what God does it isn't that he doesn't look at sins because he does God looks deeper he looks at your heart and what has infected it fatally sin is everything that God is not God is holy completely so he cannot tolerate sin the soul who sins shall die writes the prophet Ezekiel echoing the Word of God himself so there you have it no sins are deleted from the list any and all sins are merely the symptoms of that deeper always fatal disease rebellion against God sin we are in sin not merely in our sins it doesn't matter how many and how varied your sins are whether you are more creative in your sins than your neighbor or whether you are more virtuous than him you are both dying from the same fatal disease thinking that you are better off because you have fewer sins than Charlie or Susie is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic it simply isn't going to make any difference sin separates you from God and God warned Adam and Eve that the day on which they sinned they would die and die they did not physically on the spot but spiritually altogether sin separated them from God as God drove them out of Eden and that separation has continued with unrelenting certainty because sin brings death remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return sins mortality rate is always 100% our foolishness has always been to think that we can fix it that we can put everything back together the way it was throughout the centuries throughout the millennia utopian societies have tried but they have always failed because they fail to take into account man's sin 
The government can never replace God, certainly no government created by man. Sinners think that they can repair the breach by doing things to placate God, to satisfy His anger. But we can't. There is only one who can fix sin, and that is Jesus Christ, God's Son. God brought you back to Him by a ransom paid in blood, the innocent blood of Christ. You know those words of the small catechism that speak of your redemption, not with gold or silver, but with His holy precious blood and with His innocent suffering and death. Christ takes our sin completely upon Himself and atones for it. He suffers our punishment, our death, our hell. He repairs the breach and brings us back to the Father by creating us anew in holy baptism. God forgives you, not because you have something to present to Him on your behalf, but only because of what Christ has presented to the Father, namely, His innocence, His righteousness, Himself. He has redeemed you with His innocent life and death. And that is the focus of the Lenten season. It is true that you and I will die, but it will not be the sinner's death which is forever. Even though you and I are forgiven, sin still clings to our mortal flesh. So God gets rid of that lingering infection by putting us into our graves. And from our graves we shall rise when Christ returns because He has paid for it all completely. Nothing remains to be done or can be done. It is finished, Jesus shouted triumphantly from the cross. And it was, and it is. And now we come back to the beginning, to the ashes. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Yes, remember your sin, but even more importantly, remember that Christ has atoned for your sin and your sins with His holy precious blood. Sometimes the sins that we commit carry damages with them. The damage we do to others sometimes is beyond repair. Words spoken and actions taken that cannot be taken back nor undone. But sins are forgiven by the blood of Christ. Ash Wednesday calls you to remember who you are, a sinner who needs what only Christ can supply, forgiveness, life, and salvation. Therefore, repent daily, 
come back to Christ's cleansing in word and sacrament, then live the life of one who has been forgiven. Go and sin no more, Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery. Christ called her to repent of her sinful ways and to change, to amend her sinful life. That's the call of Ash Wednesday and the Lenten season. It is the call that goes out to each one of us. Christ has redeemed you. That calls for repentance and change. Even though you and I will fail again and again and will do so until that last shovel full of dirt has been thrown on our graves, we live a life of repentance and faith. Christ has made you His own. He forgives all your sin, and He forgives your sins too. He is full of compassion for sinners, and His mercy does not come to an end. Sin can no longer destroy you because Christ has destroyed it by His death and resurrection. You are free from sin's accusations. Heed the Lenten call. Repent and live in Christ forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus.